Hey guys, welcome to the short-term show special episode series on Shenandoah, Virginia. A couple things I want to hit you with first before we get into the episodes. One, current purchase prices and current income data can be found on our website at theshorttermshop.com. So make sure you check that out because that can change all the time. Also, if you guys want to hang out with us and just talk about short-term rental stuff, you can do that with us and 60,000 of our closest short-term rental investor friends at our Facebook group. Same title as my book, Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and all of our podcasts if you can, because that really helps us out. Uh, You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Short-Term Shop YouTube, and then also follow us on Instagram at The Short-Term Shop. And if you're ready to buy a house with us in any of our 20 markets, you can email us at agents at theshorttermshop.com or really any of the avenues that I just gave you. Now let's get into it. All right, here we are. Short-term show, special episodes. Shannon today we're going to talk about financing. It's my favorite topic in the business. It's the most important part of real estate in general. If you don't know how to get loans, don't know the ins and outs, uh, cross your T's and dot your I's, you're never going to make it. It really is, in my opinion, most important. Maybe not the hardest part of the business, but the most important part. So uh, I've always made it a a special effort uh, to immerse myself in and all things lending. And uh, today we got uh, uh, Alan Taylor from Short Term Shop, Shenandoah, and uh, an old friend of his. As a matter of fact, they grew up real close to each other and uh, go way back. So uh, Doug Carpenter, great to have you here, man. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful. Cool. So you're with, uh, explain, I guess, explain br- briefly, uh, you know, your brokerage and, and really, honestly, just like the uh, different types of brokerages that may be out there um, and uh, and what type yours is. So there's, uh, yeah, so... I'm with Barrett Financial Group, and uh, you know there's there's lots of models of how, how to have a brokerage, how to run a mortgage shop, uh, and uh, you know there's more models of that than than cars. And um, uh, you know at, at Barrett, um, at least the channel of Barrett that I'm in, uh, there's tremendous autonomy and uh, and also a lot of leverage. Barrett's one of the largest uh, brokerages in the country. Um, we uh there's i think we're shooting close to 900 loan officers scattered all around uh around the u.s most working out of home offices and um or with their own branches and uh uh, being that large we have a lot of leverage and access to a lot of uh lenders if a loan officer will take the time to learn them and see what his tools are i mean a, a brokerage a mortgage company is only as good as the loan officer that you're working with and how uh, in tune with uh, the options at his disposal uh, when it comes to getting lending for your clients and uh, getting those loans done. The loan officer and the team that loan officer is uh, working with because uh, that loan officer is not doing stuff by himself. Would you say the big brokerage? Would you say a big brokerage is going to have more products than some smaller kind of local type folks? Or uh, what? Why, why more products? But at the same time, I want to be honest here. Um, you know, you could have a thousand products, but only use five or six of them your whole life as a loan officer. And um, and so it's really just knowing what what's needed, what's useful for your niche or for your client type. And uh, so, like Alan has brought me um, uh, a lot of second home buyers, a lot of uh, uh, short term rental buyers, and um, and with that. Uh, he seems to be in a pool of a lot of buyers with a lot of income. So we haven't done much uh, with the DSCR or much with the alternative lending type products. Uh, but those uh, products come in very useful for short-term rentals 
where buyers, you know, th th they want to put less money down. They don't want to put big down payments. And uh, that's where it's going to be good to have uh, products that are flexible, products that allow you to qualify without giving up layers and layers of LLCs and tax returns and stuff like that when time is of the essence to close. And um, I've had some clients, you know, that say they give me all their tax returns and we find the new LLC. So now we're we're fishing for more information and that opens up another layer of the onion and another layer of the onion and two weeks of digging through layers of the onion, you know, before we have a complete package and now everybody's stressed out and under the gun to close on time. And, um, and that's where something like a DSCR product comes in very useful for somebody buying short-term rentals and, uh, and the, and rates, um, on DSCR, which by the way, stands for debt service coverage ratio. Uh, rates for those are not as high as people expect them to be. Um, I'm in the mid sevens with uh, DSCR, which is right where your Fannie Freddie um, investment property rates are. And uh, that's on a brokered product. And it, you know, we lose a little bit of autonomy, but as long as everybody's on the same page as far as expectations, then uh, everything flows smoothly. Yes. Uh, so, if I can get a conventional loan, do I would I rather do that than a DSCR? Um, you know, it comes down to your market, right? So a conventional loan is going to let you buy that investment property with 15% down. So a little bit less down payment. If your seller is going to give up some uh, uh, a seller concession towards your closing costs, uh, I think on a, on a conventional investment property, the max is 2% of the uh, sell price. But if seller is going to give that up to help you get your financing, and you can do 15% down, you're going to get a little bit better financing with that's 15% specifically when we're talking 15% down. So, you know, a buyer could uh, get into a property with a little bit less cash out of pocket with conventional if they can qualify. So I, I'm always going to look to see if that's an option, to see if that's a viable option for a, uh, a buyer. And uh, in the pre-qualification process, is where we're going to peel away that onion and try to get to the root of that before we get into uh, trying to close on a property. Um, you know, so really just, you know, and that's where Alan's going to be very useful as far as coaching their buyer to let them know, hey, you know, you own all these different entities and businesses. We need the whole enchilada when Doug starts asking for, you know, all the, the ingredients to your financial picture. Yes. And uh, so they're prepared, you know, to produce that. So in that case, conventional is better to get uh, for full doc. But uh, if if they're not in a position uh, to qualify full doc to buy that property, um, then I'm going to take them to my uh, DSCR product with 20% down and rates in the mid sevens. What's going to put me in a position to not qualify uh, for conventional? They own uh, too many properties that are too tight to cash flow. Um, bought them too recently. What's that? They bought them too recently, maybe. Uh, not necessarily recently, because we can still offset. Uh, if they have the appraisals from when they bought them, that the, the, the appraisals are going to have the market rent analysis you know for that property and we can offset the mortgage payment of that uh, property with the uh, market rent analysis. Uh, but conventional does limit us to just 75% of that market rent to mm -hmm. offset the payment. So take that difference as a loss against their income, plus whatever else they have going on in their life. And once you start buying up lots of properties, it's going to be hard to qualify to uh, go full dock. Right. Yep. Okay. So the benefit of DSDR is I can do a lower down payment and, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, I can, I can, 
in other words, let me reverse that. Conventional, I can do a lower down payment, but I still get 30 year fixed. But I got to uh, basically put a cattle prod up my backside to get all this paperwork and all these documents. Right. The cool thing about DSCR is less paperwork, less BS. And if I'm a complicated uh, buyer, complicated person trying to borrow a borrower, um, the DSCR is going to be, you know, a little bit, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, easier. If a if lot me. easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, downside is, is I'm going to have to pay probably a little bit more interest, maybe. Um, uh, and again, he did mention a rate, and I should mention we were recording this in uh, August 23, so depending on when you're listening to this, who knows what the rate's going to be. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and right I now, get excited and forget about stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But it sounds like Doug, you're pretty on par with your DSCRs and your and your conventionals right now. Is that is that safe to say, or just a yeah. slightly higher? Yeah, pretty much on par. You know, I, uh, you know, and I'm 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 lean on that DSCR product, but uh, it's such an easy loan to get done because all. So let's dig into DSCR just a little bit. What that really means. So DSCR uh, that stands for debt service coverage ratio. Basically, what we're looking looking at is the um now that product with the better pricing that's we're using the long-term rent capacity of the property to qualify the buyer to buy it and so if a property rents long term at 2500 a month and the mortgage payment or not the mortgage payment but the complete house payment mortgage taxes insurance and hoa if there is one uh if that totals up to 2500 then that product is good to go at 20% down. If it's not good to go, then the buyer is going to have to come in with more down payment to get the mortgage payment down to equal the rent. Right. Um, yep. If we have to use the short-term rental income of the property to qualify, which we can do, then it gets a little bit more expensive, probably about half a percent, three quarters of a percent more expensive in interest rate uh, to to go with that product, but it's still within a margin to where most investors are happy, especially with short-term rentals, because you just make more money with them if you're being advised properly, um, to where that's a non-issue, you know, because now we're it's more of a cash flow purchase, not so much a, uh, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, but uh, you're there, there's looking at, is this going to cash flow? You know, that's right. how an investor is looking at it. So the rent, if the payment, if the mortgage payment is a little bit higher, um, it's not a big deal for most uh, short-term rental buyers. It's it's really, am I going to be able to cash flow this? Does it make sense with the amount of down payment I got to put down? And we're still looking at twenty percent down. Um, okay, you know, as, gonna, as as a minimum down payment for that. Going to go off on a bit of a tangent here and give a little yeah. uh, speech, uh, which is the roots of DSDR, which comes from commercial lending in general, which is what I do at this point in my career. I can't even begin to dream of doing a Fannie. I don't, I've been out of Fannie Freddie's for yeah. years, you know. So uh, just to give the listener a little bit of, just to touch on commercial loans a little bit. And generally with a real deal commercial loan, you're going to a local bank that, you know, is basically, for lack of a better way to put it, they're loaning you the money out of their client's savings accounts. And uh, they want you to be a qualified individual with a track record in the, in the industry and that kind of thing. And um, it, it is way easier paperwork wise. You're going to need a relationship this local bank relationship with a local usually means you've got cash in their bank. Um, and, uh, and a lot of times they'll even, uh, basically set you up with a certain amount of money ahead of time and say, Hey, you're qualified for this much money goes by as many houses as you want. Basically. Mm -hmm. Now you gotta be kind of a, a little bit of a baller for lack of a better way to put it, to get in a, a decent relationship with a local bank. You can do one loan here and there with a local bank. I've got a buddy, that's always done commercial loans from day one with local banks. And 
Uh, he built with the bank and they were happy to do that with him. And he's still with the same bank today. And he's, you know, he's got 20, 30 properties. And I, I did the other way around where I, I cycled through all my Fannie Freddie's first and then started shopping with, with the local banks. Uh, but again, the, the, that's where that term came from, DSCR. In, in commercial lending, they do everything the same way as what Doug explained, pretty honest. So, uh, but in commercial lending, they want 1.25 on debt service coverage, which mm -hmm. means uh, it needs to rent for more than what it, what these new, we'll consider a new DSCR loan. Uh, it's a one-to-one -one ratio, right? Yeah. Yeah. One-to-one uh, -one ratio. Yeah. And if you've got more down payment, uh, we start going into 25 or 30% down uh, and you're a highly qualified buyer, they'll go to a, a 0.7 ratio oh really oh wow yeah. okay uh, that's very interesting yeah, yeah. so you, a local bank you know what you're doing in that scenario well you're gonna want to know what you're <laughs> you doing that's plan. way lean that is that is, that is too too much for me i don't yeah. want to be that leverage first of all no maybe in that scenario the buyer i was gonna say maybe in that scenario the buyer is looking at a property and they can't prove the income that it'll make and so 0 0.7 0 0.75 you know the bank's willing to do that loan but the buyer has a vision and confidence that they'll be able to flip that property uh, into a, a, a rental, into an income producer where the ratio gets better. So that's right. the only thing that makes you. sense yeah. in that scenario. So to pivot back to the local banks, just to wrap up that conversation, which yeah. is not what Doug does, but just to cover the yeah. whole gamut here, um, local banks are more conservative. Uh, they they want a handshake and a, and a bunch of cash in their bank account yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And that's totally fine. You know, you get to a certain point, baller you get to a certain point in your career you're going to end up with commercial banks 100 but just be advised if you know and there's no reason to not start with them but it's definitely going to be way lean more lean on the cash flow every month so if cash flow every month is your goal um you're probably going to want to do your conventionals and your dscrs first and then eventually you get enough properties you, you to the point where you don't really you know each single property you don't have to milk it for everything it's worth. And then you can move on to a local bank. And local banks are usually also going to do a 20-year AM, maybe 25 AM. So it's it's been, uh, you know, amortized over the period of 20 years, even though it's a five-year loan in most cases. So like a 520 is what you're going to get from a local bank, maybe 25. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll do seven years fixed uh, for 20, 25, but you got to have a you got to be a real baller to get seven year. Uh, and yeah. except in today's climate where their interest rates are high and they'd love to lock you in for seven, seven years, you know, that kind of thing. But so just be advised that you can just go to a regular old local bank. You know, usually what I'm talking about here is going to be like a first bank of Shenandoah. Uh, mm -hmm. Credit unions are going to take it. Credit unions going to take it to a whole nother level of, of uh, uh, conservative. I mean, they're like really conservative. A lot of times they won't even lend on investment properties like primary only. Um, but uh, just be advised that the, that those products are out there. The local banks do want local banks love real estate. You know, it's it's the most stable asset class in the world. And if they're going to lend money on something uh, that they can get a return on, because that's what they're banks are in the business of making money on interest. And if they can lend on real estate to them, in most cases, uh, real estate is the 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 simplest and and most uh, reliable thing for them to loan their money on. You know, it's. It's not a widget. It's not a opening a new uh, brewery where you never know if it's even going to make any money. At the end of the day, there, at, even if you don't make money or you completely fail in real estate, you generally still have a structure that's worth, hopefully, at least what you paid for it. So it's fairly 
you know, it's it's a kind of a warm and fuzzy type of a deal there for the local banks. But uh, anyway, let's move back on um, to uh, to uh, let's let actually let's keep going on the tangent here with creative financing. It's all the buzz these days. Um, and I guess I get to take you guys' opinion on this. Of course, Pace Morby's the, the huge guy in the space, and he's he's really launched it into the uh, stratosphere. Uh, it's never been anything I've been interested in at all. Like uh, Sub Two is huge now, and owner financing is actually weird thing is this owner financing is like kind of coming back around because uh, the way the interest is. And there was a period of time there for 10 years, eight, 10 years, no way in hell anybody was going to owner finance you something. And you didn't even really need them to, because you can go get your own damn loan for 3%, right. you know? My, so it was so easy to get. Yeah. You could totally fog them here and get a loan. So let's talk briefly guys. If you don't want to, if you don't mind uh, kind of mashing around here on, uh, on, uh, Creative financing is, uh, Alan, have you done any creative financing? Doug, uh, any, either of you guys have any experience here? I mean, I'll what's our definition on it? Like what what defines, what makes a creative financing situation? Well, I mean, it's, it's I think it's in the influencer world, it's going to be subject to, it's going to be uh, owner finance. Uh, those are the two big ones that at least that I'm aware of. Okay. So um, actually I'm working on a project right now here in Arizona where a, uh, uh, an investor now they're doing it for a friend so that's one uh, i guess that's one qualifier <laughs> but uh a friend that they trust too right it's not going to turn into a nightmare but uh an investor is buying a home with 20 percent down they're uh, using dscr financing to buy it and uh and in today's market that you know their their rates coming in you know in the mid sevens for that the buddy of theirs is is coming is going to then buy the house from them the seller is going to do a wrap and seller finance with five percent down and carry that at eight and a half percent run that through a title company a local title company servicer and hope they don't have to foreclose on their friend at some point in the future <laughs> uh, okay so all right that's, well, hold on. that's one scenario where seller finance hold on, hold on. So that that is... one more time one more time right. on that give me in, in two yeah. sentences so i'm sorry i don't have the numbers in front of yeah, me that's all right up on my screen but so the investor is buying a home with 20 percent down it's a single family single family home with 20 percent down okay they're uh they're coming in at about uh, uh can i yeah i guess i'll give you the rate they're getting they're coming in at 7.75 on their interest rate All right. on a 30-year fixed got it they're then selling the house via seller financing to their good friend that they have faith in <laughs> at 5% down at eight and a half percent. And wait a minute, this isn't legal. The, 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 uh, the, the, uh, servicer of the loan is not going to let, you know what I mean? Like it uh, doesn't the seller. Right, they're not going to let title transfer. So basically it's a, it, they open escrow with the title company and it just stays open indefinitely until uh until the um uh until the home buyer refinances or pays them off the uh the 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 third party yeah the five percent person yeah yeah i've actually so, never heard of this does this have a name you give it a name and put it on instagram you make a billion a name? dollars <laughs> um well i mean it seems sketchy what happens if the, if the servicer of the loan whoever's holding this note it finds out about this aren't they going to be a little uh upset about that it's contract for deed is is the legal way that we're doing it so it's okay. not it's not a true transfer of title but it's a contract for deed uh so it, it works for taxes for both parties um but yeah no it, it's we haven't had an issue with it yet the the 
servicer. I don't know. Maybe I'm setting myself up for a phone call from the servicer when they see this. <laughs> but uh, the uh, as far as the servicer is concerned, uh, the the investor owns the property. The uh, buddy they're selling the house to that's buying it. Uh, they're not taking title. They have a contract for deed uh, at an interest rate with payments that's being serviced through a local title company servicer. So there's a, a margin there. Um, and, uh, so it's like a, a lease option, they, but with more bite. Doug, couldn't they have just partnered on this deal and then bought the property in the partnership backed by the, the, uh, higher dollar partners of, you know, financial standing. Well, we probably should have called you for advice or they probably could have <laughs> called you for advice on how to do this. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't recommend doing this this way, but, uh, Hey man, it's not, I've never heard of it. So it's, uh, it's cool. Uh, I'm going to look into it. Uh, Alan, are you seeing anybody doing anything in your market or is it typical? I mean, I, I'm not a big. Uh, I reached uh, out to a rep and asked him, hey, can my can my home buyer do this down the road? And he says, I don't see why not. So, OK, well, listen, cross your T's, baby. That's all that matters. Uh, Alan, here, what are you seeing in Shenandoah? Here in Shenandoah, we're not seeing a lot of that. Most of the agents around here, if you ask them about creative financing or wraparound or subject to you, they're going to say, like, what, what was that again? I, I mean, yeah. And you got to be conscious. Like if you're looking to buy a Shannon, like a, a short-term rental here in the Shenandoah, if you want to do subject to or creative finance or something like that, you got to realize you're going to have to put in the, like you, you may have to count on putting in the effort to educate not only your agent, but the other agent and your maybe even like the lender you're working with. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of work and yeah, count on writing a lot of offers and getting a lot of them turned down because the, the people out here, they just, they're used to conventional mortgages, you know, 30 day close, all that kind of stuff. That's their bread and butter. And you throw up something in front of them that they don't recognize. It's a little different. Um, they're not going to be sure how to present that to their client sometimes. So it's going to be a lot of upfront work to try and educate them to know, like to get them to feel comfortable with it, first of all, and then, you know, to be able to present that to their client. But there, I mean, here it's such a low inventory market uh, and people are in anything that looks weird that they don't recognize, they're just going to walk away from. So it, it's going to be. It's, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm just saying like it's it's not typical in this market at the moment, and you're gonna you're gonna find a lot of people just kind of you know, raising an eyebrow trying to figure out what is what's going on. So hey, if you can pull it off, hey, we're we're happy to help you succeed any way you can. Um, but just realize you may you may have to write a lot of offers before you get one like that accepted here. Yeah, I think in most cases you're almost weeding yourself out of creative financing by doing short term because in well. In one of our markets, in a short-term shop market, which uh, you know is a, a vacation town, vacation town real estate is high dollar. Uh, there's no way around that. I mean, these mm -hmm. these towns are not cheap. You know, if you're talking about a real vacation town where nobody lives, like Shenandoah, like where I live in Destin, where uh, and the Smokies and what's what the Smokies have become in the last five years, right? Uh, vale, you know, Breckenridge. These places are expense and the last two are like way up there you know like maui uh but uh in most cases you can't even begin to kind of even touch a house that is this high dollar unless you're qualified you know so i think yeah. in a lot of in a lot of ways if you're deciding to get into this asset class at least the way we do it in the vacation now you can go airbnb a hundred thousand dollar house in toledo all day long no problem and do some creative stuff there on a hundred grand that's not as big a deal when you're talking about a seven hundred thousand dollar house that you know, if you're t trying to get creative, it's almost like, uh, dude, Not maybe happening. we need to step it down and two, you know, two or three notches. Let's get back into the Toledo thing here. You know, uh, it's kind of something you need to work your way into. So I think that that's something to be. There's something to be said there. But the partnership thing, 
that's something I totally, you know, I mean, you could do that, especially if you're doing this with a rich uh, relative, rich is not the right word, but a wealthy <laughs> relative, you know, you got to, you, you know, you got a, a, a hankering, as we would say down here in the South to get into a nice vacation property and put it on Verbo. Maybe you got an uncle that's got some dough and he's sick of the stock market or whatever, partner with him, you know? So partnering, I think is if you're going to do short-term shop style uh, rental real estate with these, you know, most, for most purposes, they're pretty high dollar houses here. Um, I think partnership is probably about your only option as far as uh, creative financing. But uh, back to Doug here. Let's talk to me about refinancing. Uh, do you do any HELOCs, he loans, anything like that? But just give me a, a rundown of, HELO, uh, uh, you know, after I already own it, uh, what are my options? Yeah, so we are doing a lot of HELOCs right now. Um, and, uh, and, and I apologize before. I'm going to try to keep my scope more towards our short-term rental market and our uh uh our target audience no that's no, not at all it's all you know man it's it's uh it's all rental real yeah, estate and you know? that creative financing thing that i mentioned that's never going to happen in allen's market right and that's only happening in my market because we have a buddy buddy situation right. otherwise that's not price? happening and what's the purchase price on that thing uh it's uh 470 470 oh, ish that's but a that's a cheap yeah. house where i'm at oh i got you i got you that's that that's, that's the bottom barrel. That's, you know, you have to really look to find a house at that price. I got you. Okay, you know? cool. And um, so, yeah, so your your single family homes, the homes that Alan's been sending me in from, from his market, uh, double the price uh, or two and a half times that where I'm at is uh, is what we're, we're looking at home values here. But, um, um, oh my gosh, I got all sidetracked. Uh, my riddle. Oh, no, no, refinances. What was your- Refinances. Uh, Refinances, which oh, refinances you know, right now, no, nobody's going to refinance right now, are they? I mean, it, why would you refinance from three percent to seven? Yeah, know? exactly. So uh, we're doing a lot of HELOCs in second position, but uh, uh, we are doing. I have, ha I, I do have a handful of cash out refis, like full on cash out refis for folks with properties, uh, for two reasons: either they just you know weren't smart with their money, and they or stuff happened, and now they've got a lot of different debt they need to pay off and and that big cash out debt consolidation refi just puts them in a better cash flow situation uh but i've got somebody right now that's uh you know her uh her airbnb she owes 150 on it it's worth 700 and uh her mortgage on that her first mortgage on that is worth uh oh, i mean is that uh four and a quarter so it's not the best interest rate historically over the last few years but uh she's going to cash out refi that whole thing because that'll get her the most cash on an investment property and um and then she's going to leverage that to buy two more uh short-term rentals mm -hmm. here in yeah. uh in the scottsdale area right Maybe so if you want to, and by the way the right. short-term shop is in scottsdale so this would be a good opportunity for me to say that if you want to buy a house in scottsdale just contact us the shorttermshop.com but but yeah, that's a great move, man. So she probably bought that thing a while back, and it's appreciated, and she's probably fixed it up, and uh, that's yeah. the beauty. Yeah, she beauty. Uh, it's it's her trailing home from her last upgrade, and uh, so she uh, she moved out of it, bought another house, fixed it up, put lipstick on it, filled it up with uh, all the furnishings that a short term rental needs. Uh, she did her 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 research, her homework, and she's self managing. And, uh, and, uh, you know, she, she understands though, that, uh, she's going to need to bring in a management partner when she adds a couple more properties because she has, she has gotten those phone calls from, uh, customers at 2 AM that have had a bit too much to drink that can't figure out the code to get in the front door. <laughs> 
And, well, if she came to the short-term shop, she wouldn't have to worry about that. Exactly. Teacher That's what I'm saying. I'm pitching stuff. the importance of having yeah. a good manager. Send her my way. Team. Send her my way. But uh, Okay, cool. All right. Well, what else do we need to know on lending? Uh, we, we've... So HELOCs, uh, uh, there's, you have your, your convenience store HELOC, what I like to call it. Like you want that HELOC fast in, you know, five to seven days. Uh, we can do that. Uh, we can go, uh, you know, up to 70% of the value of your investment property. Um, but, you know, I call it the convenience store HELOC because that interest rate is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be based off of the prime rate plus uh, a margin, they call it. And the margin um, on an investment property HELOC, especially one that gets done quickly, you know, my convenience store product, uh, you're looking at a, at an interest rate today that's yeah, going to be uh, around 13, 13 and a half. So it's not a real pretty interest rate. But again, on a HELOC, you're only paying interest on that HELOC when you're using that HELOC. And so it's intended to be your, quote, credit card for real estate. So if you have a project that you need to move on, and quickly, if you have the capacity within your home equity line of credit to move on it, um, you know, that's where that tool is going to be useful. Uh, not as uh, it's cheaper than a partner and uh, not as expensive as depleting all your cash reserves. So it really depends on on each individual scenario. I, now, I don't think we're in an environment right now where you want to take a HELOC on a property and use that as a down payment on another property. There was a period of time in rental real estate history where that was like pretty common. I think we're probably beyond that now, especially with Doug just said 13%. That's a lot of interest to pay back on that a down is. payment. But uh, so be careful, guys. Don't get too leveraged. You know, here's here's a, here's one more thing. Uh, put your overall leverage as a, a sell on your spreadsheet. I I here's here's a good story. I went to it's actually where I met Jan Johnson, uh, Alan, who's one of the greatest real estate agents. Uh, she's amazing. I knew her before. I knew her. Uh, you know, through, we've chatted online and things, but I never met her in real life. I went to a um, it was a RIA meeting. And uh, uh, this guy was like, basically, you know, I, I, Avery and I gave a little speech and, and uh, he, this guy kind of pulled me aside. He's like, how leveraged are you? And I was like, uh, I'll, be honest, I'll be honest, I don't know. <laughs> so I put it on a spreadsheet I, and then I worked on that number. Now my number is very, very conservative and very well done. I feel like I'm right where I want to be. But um, until that guy brought it up to me, it was never anything that ever even crossed my mind. I was just going out and getting my next loan and getting my next loan and getting my next loan. Acquisition after acquisition. Leverage be yeah, damned. you get in that mode. It's like a <laughs> snowball, you know? He's like tunnel vision. And then eventually I was like, wait a minute. I was kind of offended that he asked me that. I was like, what are you trying to say? And then I was like, wait a minute. You know, I should probably know what that is. So put that on a spreadsheet. Um, you know, I don't have a number to, to give you that you should feel comfortable with. That's up to you, but it is good to know that. All right, Alan, what are you seeing on a day-to-day -day basis just meat and potatoes, uh, conventional loans and DSCRs, I would assume. But what, what are we closing there in Shenandoah? Yeah, here, here in the Shenandoah, it's mostly second home loans, DSCRs. Those are the most common for, for people to pick stuff up around here. Uh, I would say anything outside of that is going to be fairly corner case. Um, again, I haven't run across anybody that's run out of Fannie Mae loans, has to do commercial loans yet. So we'll see We'll see if we get there. But right now, it's uh, it's uh, more typically you know, just conventional loans, second home loans, DSCR loans, that kind of thing. Yeah, meat and potatoes. All right. Wonderful. Well, listen, Doug, you're fantastic, man. It's super nice to meet you. I'd uh, love to talk to you again. I have my own podcast, another podcast of my own. Love to have you on there someday. Yeah. But uh, uh, on behalf of the Short-Term Shop and the Shenandoah Market, Short-Term Shop, uh, Short-Term Show special episodes, I'm uh, Cashflow Carl, and uh, thanks for your time. You bet.